What's happening, what's happening, what's happening, good people? I appreciate y'all tuning in whenever you're tuning in, however you're tuning in. Now, today on the DTSC 365 podcast, we got another special guest. Y'all know I try to keep me one in the chamber now. I keep me one in the chamber, and this one, this one ain't no different. Now, it, it, it's actually a little bit more special. I got, I got a cat on the phone who I call him the world's strongest man. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, and I ain't talking about Mark Henry. Now, next week there's going to be an event in Calgary, Alberta. Well, not Calgary, Alberta, but Calgary, Canada. And it's for the IPF World Classic Powerlifting Championship. It's going to be 429 men that are going to compete from all across the country. Now, this, now this, this, this gentleman I get on the phone right now, he's been viral a few times over on Instagram, YouTube, all of that. I mean, you could Google his name, and you're going to see some, some shit. Excuse me, like, well, no, nah, y'all know how I get down. You're going to see some shit that you've never seen before, because he's the only person who's done it a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? A few times. Now, y'all might be thinking, well, who the hell did he get on the show today? Well, he, he, he hails from the great state of Alabama. Uh, he about 400 pounds, former defensive lineman at the University of Tennessee at Martin, plays the Omega South South Fraternity Incorporated. They call it the ignorant zone. That's where he comes from. They call it the ignorant zone. You know what I'm saying? Without further ado, we're going to have to give it up for Mr. Ray Williams, man. Big Ray, what's happening, man? Man, I can't call it, dog, and if I could, it'd be the wrong number, man. <laughs> Gonna have to try to read that or let me check that number real quick and make sure I get it right. Let me make sure I get it right. What's been happening with you, man? Everything been smooth? Man, life has been good. Life after UTM has you know, it's had its ups and its downs. Um I see what everybody talking about by, you know, finding your way um after college. because, uh, man, it, it it ain't been easy, but you know, every struggle, you know, has its payoff if you know you see it through. So Man, I'm blessed, man. In other words, yeah, I'm blessed. Right this fact, right this fact. Now, now, like y'all heard, he's a UTM Skyhawk just like you guys. We had my own races. I stepped on the campus back in 06. You know what I'm saying? We, we got a chance to relive some of those moments. I can't tell y'all everything we talk about. That's, that's why we have conversations that ain't yeah. That's why we had those conversations. But right now, y'all listening to somebody that I would like to call uh, uh, a real testimony. He got a real story, you know what I'm saying? He, he comes from the state of Alabama, central Alabama, a uh, defensive lineman. Played, he played college football. He, now, now you're on the sidelines, you know what I'm saying? Now you're on the sidelines. Where are you coaching at right now, my brother? Man, I'm in Fulton, Mississippi, at Itawamba Community College. Um Right outside of Tupelo. If you most people don't know what Fulton is, but if you know where Tupelo, Mississippi is on Highway 45, we're about 20 minutes east of Tupelo, Mississippi. Now, now everybody listening, now I know y'all heard the, the accolades of I'm calling the world's strongest man, but y'all gotta understand why I did that. I ain't just giving him a name. The man squatted over a thousand pounds. I don't know nobody else. Because it ain't nobody else who done that. But you done done that how many times now? Um, 
as of last Sunday, I did. Um, I squatted a thousand pounds for the fortieth time. Damn, man, forty. Yes, 40? sir. What do you mean? You bull? It's set aside for you bulls out. And 40? the crazy part is, the crazy part is, I got forty by a mistake. Um, thirty nine was actually a mistake. Um, I actually was supposed to do nine ninety two. But I misloaded the bar and ended up with like a thousand eleven thousand ten on the bar and hell, when we sat back and I did the numbers, I'm like, bro, this ain't right. And yeah. turned it down. It was a thousand so Yeah, damn, right. So you really that now you just showing off. Uh you just showing off. This man told me he just squatted a thousand pounds or better, forty pounds out. So you know it doesn't mean right. I know my guy cool. He ain't no hothead, but just just don't play with him. If you see the brother out and about, don't don't play with my guy. Okay, just just don't play with him. I know for a fact y'all really don't want them problems. Right? Y'all y'all just don't want them issues. But my guy ain't no that ain't that ain't what he about. You know what I'm saying? He, he really is a good guy, good brother. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, don't don't test him. You know what I'm saying? He is, he is. I know I don't want them problems. I'm saying on all your good sides. All your good sides. <laughs> All of them, my brother. Now, you know what got you into powerlifting, man? Like, like what, what made? Because, like I say, you were a football player, be lineman, stand out in college. What, what shifted your gears to focus on powerlifting? Man, um, kind of what you kind of hit on a little earlier. You know, those, them, them, them untapped conversations. Um, after man, after football, I had a small window to do some NFL, CFL stuff. And, um, you know, man, when you're in college and, you know, you're on top of the world, um, big guy on campus, you know, just one of the key guys on the football team, you know, you're 10 foot tall, you're bulletproof. And you never take into account that one day you're going to have to take them pads off and, you know, like everybody's going to get to go to the NFL. And with me being at Martin, you know, I – you know, I let my small atmosphere status get to my head, and I thought I was better than what I was. And, you know, I, I didn't really have to – I ain't going to say I didn't have to work as hard to be good, but I was I was good yeah. to the point to where, you know, I always did just what I needed to do, and I didn't go above. And when it was time for, you know, NFL combines and stuff, you know, coming from UT Martin, you got to be the best. Coming from the OBC, you need to be the best. And I didn't separate myself. So I had to work extra hard to get NFL workouts. I actually worked out with the Bears and the Falcons. Um, had two private workouts. I, I got a CFL offer, but by then my son was on the way. So I couldn't, I didn't want to leave to go all the way to Edmonton, Canada. So I kind of just settled in on the sideline, GA'd at Martin, and, you know, just kind of lived with my live with my mistakes and my complacency. So you went from the sideline to the, to the strength and conditioning world. You, you, you really did a one. Well, it's not really a 180 because it's all part of the same. So when did you start taking the powerlifting thing serious? Like when was you like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to do this. 
Um, me and my uh, me me and a good friend of mine, we we have competed ever since high school, and um, you know, both of us were still in the strength world, still working out. At the time, neither one of us was powerlifting. So we kind of got into an argument about who would bench press 500 first. And being that, you know, he still was in Bama and I was in Tennessee, the argument, well, I was in Mississippi here at the time. We got into an argument on Facebook. And we were like, all right, whoever bench 500 wins. So we, we went at it for a minute. And <clears throat> somewhere along the way, he did a powerlifting meet. He loved it, told me about it, showed me pictures, videos. And it wasn't the it wasn't the actual lifting weights that attracted me to powerlifting. It was the the competition, like because you know I didn't do what I needed to do in the football world, but I still wanted to compete. So powerlifting was my way to compete. So my brother did well. My brother did it first, then I jumped in right after. Okay. Okay. That could be exactly. That competitive side don't really leave. I know a lot of former athletes, D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, all of And all of them, I ain't going to say all of them, but 75 to 80% of them have the same, you know, mentality post-college. It's always like, man, I miss the competition. You know, they real fiery, competitive guys and women who just like to compete. You know what I'm saying? So this, this gave you an outlet to, to – to start competing again. So when was your first professional powerlifting competition? How you doing? Um, my first meet uh was actually right up the road here in Peppertown, Mississippi. I did an APA meet. Um I did okay. Um I squatted eight hundred. Uh that was okay, eight hundred? I mean, for me it was okay. Because, you know, at the time, you know, like, I didn't know anything about powerlifting. Hell, my very first meet, I didn't know any of the – I didn't know none of the rules. I was just working out. And basically, I, I didn't get my first two squats because, you know, they have rack commands. You know, they tell you when to squat and when to rack the weight. I just thought you squat it and put it up. So yeah. I had to learn the rules on the fly. But – Squatted 800, bench 425, and I deadlifted like 610. And I almost got out of the sport because at the end of the meet, like, everybody got an award. Everybody got a trophy. Everybody got a medal. Like, I'm uh, like, bro, this what y'all do? Like, everybody just hung? Like, who won? Like, I didn't know. I went home not knowing who won. Oh, yeah, that, that can be frustrating. You don't want no participation award. I'm with y'all, no. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, you know, and then I, you know, did my research and found out about the federation I'm in now, the USAPL, the United States Powerlifting um, Federation. Like, it's different. Every meet, they're going to tell you who won and who lost. And I looked at the records, and the world record squat was like 860 at the time. Like, 860? What did they do? 800? my very first meet. So... Let me see what it do. So I went to the Alabama State Championship to qualify for nationals. I squatted 905. Didn't get that because I still didn't understand the rules. I took a step before they gave me the rack commands. But I did well enough to qualify for nationals, go to nationals, set unofficial world record squat and total, and 
Went to worlds in South Africa and the rest has been a blur. Yeah, the rest has been a viral blur. I just sent it at work, right? I gave I sent a link to when you did it, uh man, I forgot which one. Because you squatted like a thousand sixty five. I think that's the number. And like my guy was like, That shit is unreal. I said, No, nah, what's unreal is that he done done it a whole bunch of times. <laughs> like like that's what I because with you, like you said, you see the record at eight sixty. In your first time out, not knowing the rules, not knowing a whole bunch of other things that go with it, just like with football and college, go back to that. You just, you just talented. Like you, you, you didn't even know. But this time, it sounds like, and from what I get from watching you, because I follow, I follow what you be doing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely check out everything. It's like you just got your, your groove. And you know what you're doing. You know the rules. You ain't taking early steps. They ain't going to be petty. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and not let you make your next advancement. But now, to me, just for me on the outside looking in, it seems like you're taking off, brother. That's, that's, that's what it looked like. It seems like you just took off. Not taking off. You just took off. And, and you on your way to, to not just get to Like you made it to bigger heights. But it just feel like it's it's something else that you hadn't gotten yet that you it's like an inch that you're trying to stretch. Man, honestly, truthfully, it's you know, man, I just want to be great. Um, now, granted, I know I'm blessed because you know a lot of a lot of my a lot of my success. I just feel that, you know, there was a certain degree of divine intervention there. And, um, like, I, uh, recently, well, last year I did a a body comp study with some, with a doctor from Ole Miss who came down. Just like, we we hear about you, we read about you, but well, we want to do a, a fat index study on you. And granted, I'm 415 pounds, 6 foot, 415 pounds. And, you know, the the results from their study came back recently and was published in the Asian uh, Sports Medicine Journal. And I, I have the highest fat-free muscle index ever recorded, like for, like ever, of sumo wrestlers, all other athletes, like, you know, like, and my thing is I don't do anything different. I eat what I want. I just think, you know, God has his hands on me, and I'm just, you know, I'm doing his work, you know. That's the highest favor. That would have sounded like, hold on, you said you got the, say it again, what's that stat that's in the A's and The highest fat-free muscle index of, highest fat-free muscle mass index of any, of any, of any athlete, anybody ever recorded. I'll send you the link to the uh, to the article after this. Yeah, yeah, do that, brother. Do that, brother. Now, I know we discussed the question, because i got to ask you this question. Uh, now, not even asking the question, just a suggestion. Now, me personally, as I watch you go viral and see you pop up on ESPN and see you pop up, all these other media outlets online and social media and all that. Gee, you do know, like, you could take Mark Henry's place in the WWE, right? Like, like I think you're the world's strongest man. The storyline, I already told you. 
he come out, he's gonna be on the mic, talking his talk, whatever, whatever. They can have you come from the crowd, knock him out, you talk bad to him. Now, I know you before I say this, this is what I did see. Um, the storyline could either go that way or they could make it like, you know, you his kid or something, you know, he wanna bring his son up to be the next, you know, big world strongest man, you know, that kind of storyline. What you what you think about that? Like, has anybody ever came at you with that? Anybody ever approached you about doing some pro wrestling? You, can, you know you can do it if you want to. Mm, I've actually been I've actually been approached about doing um well trying out for the WWE. I'm not gonna make it seem like you know they just actively chasing me, but I have been approached by um a good bit of people about doing the WWE, but um. My 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 only hold up is you know like it would be a tryout you know like they want me to come try out and most most of the times their 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 tryouts is during football season and you know I coach football so that 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 was the huge conflict last year but uh, we're trying to work our way around that and trying to get it you know either in the summer or while you know during one of the Christmas or Thanksgiving break. Um, you know, pretty much, I've always been a wrestling fan. Um, I grew up watching wrestling. Um, the very first person I ever, ever saw on uh, wrestling was on uh, The Ultimate Warrior. Ooh, oh my God! Man, The Ultimate Warrior. When I when I got introduced to wrestling, he was that guy that kind of pulled me in. And then you know, you started watching. You know, you got Big Boss Man, you got The Undertaker, you got Jimmy Hart, The Mouth for the South, you got Hulk Hogan, you got Sting. And then, you know, wrestling has evolved so much since then. Then you go through the Raw era where you got the NWO, where you got Stone Cold and DX, and, man, it's it's just, you know, I've always been a wrestling fan, you know, and that's always been a dream of mine. And hopefully one day I get to live that dream. But, you know, right now, it's kind of like I said, you know, in doing God's work, there's another issue slash subject that's tugging at my heartstrings that no matter what I try to put in front of it, it's like I can't help but not ignore it. Right, right, right. And I know you're in school right now, right? Yes, sir. You got your degree. Yes, sir. Okay, so with that being said, what what's the what's God's plan to take a take a line from Drake when it comes to Big Ray and we got the power lifting everybody see that side? I know you're a family man, you know what I'm saying. I know all of that, and I know you're a good all around good guy. But what is it that? Because you know people like myself or anybody else with on the outside looking in, like man, what could keep you from going? You know, trying out for the better than you could. As a fan, you know, as a fan, a fanatic, we want to see it. But the person, the human being in it all who's wrapped up in it is your life. You know, so what is it that you want to do? To be honest with you, brother, I um, I come from, I come from the dirt, man. I came from, you know, government housing. I came from, you know, getting food for food pantries. I come from, you know what I'm saying. You know, rocking the 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 non name brand gear. You know, being hungry, no power, no running water. I, that's where me and my two sisters. That's where we came from. Um, 
you know, my mom, she, she, she had a sickness. She had an issue she had to deal with. But, you know, at the time, I didn't understand. But, you know, now that I'm grown and, you know, I'm, I'm older, you know, I understand people have their trials and tribulations. And with that being said, you know, you look at education just in the southeastern region of the United States. Um, African-Americans, black people, us, our people, we are on the top of every negative statistic that you can that you can have when it comes to education. Like, and if you look at how the system is set up, those people are the same people that are being fed head first into the school of the prison pipeline. And without without any without any intervention, you know, this system, this cycle, this vicious cycle will continue. Like young black men and women will continue to be pushed out of school into the prison system, into the justice system. And what what inspired me the most was um a work by W B Du Bois, you know, the talented tenth. You know, we need that, you know, and I'm not saying you neglect everybody else. You educate, you take that top 10 percentile and you let them lead. That's, you know, I, I, I kind of view it as the talented 10th with a spin, a remix, where, you know, it's it's almost it's almost a, a collaboration between Booker T. Washington's dream and W.E.B. Du Bois' dream. Well, hey, you preachers right now. Yeah, you know, like, you know, I feel that, you know, if we can arm these young brothers and sisters with tools, with, with, I'm not saying arm them with tools, but with better tools, with, with, with more, with better resource tools and, and avenues to where if you ain't the valedictorian or the, the top 10 in your class, like, we people need to stop telling these kids that they ain't gonna make it. Like instead of telling them it ain't no way, how about you help them find a way? If going to college ain't a deal, help them get a vocational skill. You know what I'm saying? Help help them do something because my deal is, and and this ain't no knock on what black people do because I love our people. I love what our people have become since. Um, the end of Jim Crow and segregation and all that. I, I think what we've been able to accomplish since then is remarkable. But the thing is, as far as we've come, we still got a long way to go. And the thing is, you know, we got these young brothers out here that think, well, I, I ain't going to make it in school, so, you know, let me be a rapper and a D-boy. Well, that ain't that, that ain't what you want to do, brother, because now you now you're adding into this vicious cycle. Now you're, you're selling drugs to the very same people you call family, to your community. Like, you know, you, you, you people wonder why, why nobody care about the hood? Hell, because we're killing our community. We, we're in our own community selling drugs, robbing, killing, doing our like That's our community. And if we don't care about it, why should anybody else? And that's my goal, brother. I want to go into education and I want to help and I'm not saying I'm I'm please please don't I don't want to make it sound like I'm Moses or nothing like that I just I'm I'm a servant leader you know I ain't trying to get rich doing this I ain't trying to get no notoriety doing this I just want to go back 
And what was done for me when I was on the cusp of actually getting kicked out of school, somebody had to take me by the arm and say, look, bro, this was about to happen to you if you don't clean up your act. Because, you know, being that I grew up the way I did, I went the wrong way. You know, I thought, you know, let me join this little gang, you know, run around here with these certain colors on and talk this way, walk this way, when knowing that that that, that wasn't my life, that that wasn't how I was raised. But it took somebody to sit me down and show me the right way, show me that there was a way. And, you know, you know, I'm grateful. You know, I guess in a way I'm just trying to pay it forward. All it is, man. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, like you say, ain't nobody perfect. But, you know, we all going to listen to what we listen to. We're going to watch what we watch. But it's about having that right mindset. <laughs> Excuse me. It's about having that, that right mindset to go out here and tell somebody, hey, you know, I didn't do nothing. Like, like you got somebody who reached down to you to make sure they pulled you up and you listen. And see, the problem with a lot of us older people, because see, now, you know, at our age group, we the ones who are supposed to be going back into the community when they see, like, our, our parents and grandparents, like, they, it's time for them to sit down. You know, like, you, the people, your mentors, my mentors, they, they mentored us for a reason. You know, they got you ready for this because you on a different platform than you were six years ago. No doubt. Eight years ago, ten years ago. You know, when, when we were walking those halls and Gooch and Ellington and Brown and, and, and Clement and going to the cast and chilling on the patio of UT Martin, you know, you know who who the who the thought? You know what I'm saying? Right now, ten years later, twelve years later, we having this conversation, and now you're in a different position to where, okay, like you say, you're a man of God. God blesses you to to have so many eyes on you, so many ears on you now, and it's your time. You know what I'm saying? You living in your time. Like yeah, you got your own family. You know I. I I didn't. I didn't see you know the pictures of your boys. I saw them when 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 they were you know little bitty babies. You know what I'm saying? Coming around, Martin was GA and stuff. So you got your own family, but it, what they call it, you take a village. So you part of the bigger village for the other kids out here. So listen, no. you know, so coming from a, a a mother who mentored other kids, and I got my own mentor that I still communicate with today. You personally, I salute you, brother, because a lot of people would would take your situation and try to run with it and just never come back, you know what I'm saying, never return. But you're using it because you're coaching kids now, you know what I'm saying. And that's the thing, man, like coaching kids, you sit back and you, you know what I'm saying, you just you just look at some of these young men. Some of these young men are so bright. They're so energetic. They got beautiful spirits. And these young brothers – you know, you can see pain in some of these kids because they've been told, bro, you ain't going to never be nothing. You know, yeah, without that football, you know what I'm saying, you, you ain't going to make it, you know, and, and that's a lie. You know, they're just like our young women, you know, like our beautiful black sisters, man, they, they're beautiful. But, you know, they're fed at a young age. Hey, if you don't look like this, man, you ain't going to make it. If you ain't built like... You ain't built like Nikki, man. If you ain't got those stats like Serena, you ain't gonna make it. That's that's garbage. You know that's garbage. You know, like as you said it best, man. It takes a village to raise a child, and 
you also hit the nail right on the head when you say it's time for our grandparents to sit down. You remember when you was you you come from you from Ripley, right? Okay. Now when you was in school, I guarantee you you still know the name of that one old teacher that taught your mama, that taught your daddy, that taught at least two generations prior to you. It was that one woman that taught three generations before you was even born, taught your whole family. And for me and for me, ours was Miss Williford. And you want to know what's crazy about Miss Hayes and Miss Williford? They don't exist anymore, brother. Man, they don't, man. They don't. They don't, Ray. They don't. Yes, those were the people that loved the kids in their community so much that they stayed in the school system until they 60, 70, 80 years old because they loved the kids. Them, them people don't, they're, they're, fine. they're few and far between. Man, you showed me the favorite. Now that I got this chance to say this, because we're talking about teachers, shout out to Miss Ties, Mama Ties, and one of my one of my closest friends, his mama. She just retired like two weeks ago from teaching, and she's one of those pillars, you know what I'm saying? One of those people who've been teaching 30 years, you know, so shout out to her and all the other educators too, man. No doubt, man. Shout out to all teachers, educators that go to work, because, yeah, man, man, they, they overworked and underpaid, man. We appreciate y'all. For real, for real. Now, I'm going to let you go with this. First first thing is, I always ask this question. Not first thing, but last thing. I always ask this question. So this is how I get on this platform. It's a very easy question. Really, well, it could be easy or it could not be. What's your favorite album and your favorite movie? Oh, man, my favorite movie. That's easy. That Barry Gordy is the last dragon. You know, Bruce Leroy. Hey, Bruce Leroy. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's my movie, man. And my favorite album, yeah. ugh. man, you you, you pull you pull the rabbit out of the hat on that one. My fa- if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, <sighs> it would probably be something I could just put in and just ride to. Okay. Let me think. Try to. Got you, yeah. It was probably be, and this is gonna sound crazy, but my first CD, my first, the first CD I ever owned was Three Six Mafia, Crazy in the Last Days. Crazy in the Last Days. Shout out to Three Six, man. Man, like, dude, I'm telling you, like, and I know if you if you listen to that album, it ain't exactly something God fearing man I gonna listen to. But, <laughs> but it was man, Lord, Lord Infamy used to be on it. Boy, oh, I remember my mom and them told my brother he can't listen to three six, but he used to have a tape hidden anyway. <laughs> yeah, man, I know I know the majority of songs on that album by heart. Crazy in the last days, I can dig that, man. I can dig that. So look, anybody listening, any of y'all students down there in Mississippi, uh, in Alabama, anywhere, your big radio principal, I mean, you don't have to tighten up, all right? Because you don't you don't want him to tattle you. You just don't. <laughs> you know, my brother 415, man. Like, like, come on, man. He's the world's strongest man. I don't care what nobody says. So what's yeah. next, man? What, what, what's next? Well, you tell the people what's going on with you, man. What's next? Man, next, um, in summer school at the University of Memphis, uh, trying to get, I'm in my last summer course. Hopefully next year, about this time, I'll be walking. Well, I ain't no, ain't no will, hopefully. I'm going to be walking across their stage. Um, and it will be formerly Dr. Williams, 
you know, because like I said, man, I thank God I got a purpose for all of us. I don't think we're here just to be here bumping into each other. And um, I feel like I know my purpose, and the first step in that is the next step, and that's to get this doctorate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, look, A, I appreciate you for, for taking this time out. Y'all listen. Y'all really don't understand, man. I didn't own this cat since 06 when I first stepped foot on Mars. No, no lie, no few days. And we've been in communication for the last few years. Like, just, we miss each other. He busy, I'm busy, but it was all I've been, been taking you out, man. I've seen you taking pictures with Eddie George at the Tennessee Sports Writers Hall of Fame and all that, man. You doing your thing. Well, I appreciate it. Likewise, I'm telling you, man, I, I look, I'm like, hey, big racist squatted, what? God, oh, man, man, I know that guy. <laughs> it, it, it makes me proud to just say, hey, man, I know this brother, he's a good dude, what you're doing with them kids, man, helping them kids down there. I, it's I-T-W-C-C, is that how it goes? I-C-C. I-C-C, okay. I, I, it's a Captain Ripley who played basketball down there for a couple of years back in the day. So, man, I appreciate you coming on the platform. Um, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the video work going whenever we can. You know, we're gonna make that happen. But anything you wanna come on and talk to talk you got anything you wanna talk about power listening, education, community service, football, whatever, you, my number is not gonna change and if you do, I'll make sure you have it. You yes, sir. We're gonna always be able to have my brother. I appreciate you. All right, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man. And I'm about to go get these snacks so I can uh, finish bandwagon and we go to the state, man. Hey, man. Look, it, it, look. I just forgot that the damn game was coming on tonight, and I know I'm a sports dude, but I'm going to see Lil Duval tonight. His game is in that here, man. Well, you better go do that, man. You get one chance to kick it with Duval, so you don't go do it. <laughs> All right, brother. You be safe, man. I'm gonna holler at Big Ray Williams, I call him the world's strongest man. You should too. Y'all be sure to check that out, man. Oh yeah, next week, twenty the twenty eighteen IPF World Classic Powerlifting Championship in Calgary, Canada. My boy been stamping that passport for the last two years and say like y'all be easy. Good luck with that. Out of four hundred and ninety two, I know who number one is. I'm gonna holler at you, Big Ray. God bless, brother. Holler at you. Likewise, brother.